bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's Word. And we're going to look at one king and how this played out in his life, and, and that is Saul, King Saul of Israel, the first king of Israel, a man anointed of God. First Samuel chapter 28, verse 3 to 7. First Samuel 28, verse 3 to 7. This is a very, it's a very hard scripture. Let me say before we go, very hard scripture to explain, but I will explain it. But it's hard to explain because there are things that happen there that will confuse you. You say, what's going on here? First Samuel chapter 28, verse 3 to 7. And this is what it says. It says, now Samuel had died. Now, for those of you who don't know Samuel, you think that's your best friend Samuel. No, that's not whom the Bible is talking about. This is a, a great prophet of God that God raised in Israel. Um, and he was the one who anointed, uh, predicted that Saul would be the first king, and then later predicted that David would also be king. So he was, he's a powerful uh, prophet of God. And Samuel died. Samuel had died, and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and spirits out of the land. So the situation here is, uh, by the time Samuel died, Saul says all mediums and spirits out of the land. And there is a decree, there's a law to get them out. Now, it is highly probable that Saul did not do it by himself, but he did it by the advice of Samuel. Samuel is saying, Saul, you are the king. Get rid of all of these things out of Israel. So Saul gets rid of all the mediums and, and spiritists out of the land. All right. Verse 4. Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. So, God, so Saul gathered all Israel together and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the enemy of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. Leaders to tremble. Verse 6. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, neither by dreams or by Urim, or by the prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. Note, not inquire of the Lord, but inquire of her. And his servants said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. These advices. Immediately he raised the issue, they had the solution. The advices. So how did they know? How did they know that, I mean, all the witches and mediums are, are, are supposed to be finished in the land. Saul doesn't know where they are. He says to his disciples, uh, to his servants, chief of staff and, and, and minister of national security, and says, listen. 
listen, I need to, I need to find, I need to find some, some direction here. I need, I need direction. And, 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 and God is not listening to me. And God is not speaking to me. I need to get a medium, a witch. But I have legislated against them. And the disciples, the chief of staff and national security minister says, ah, we know where one is. So it means that these people, they, you know, they, they are doing their stuff already. <laughs> so then they say, okay, we know. So then, then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes and he went and the two men with him, and they came to the woman by night, and he said, please conduct a seance for me, and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Now, I'll go back to the King James to read the same passage, because I think it's a bit clearer for me in the old King James. Verse 7, then Saul said unto his servant, seek me a woman who hath a familiar spirit. Note that. Who hath a familiar spirit that I may go to her and inquire of her and his servants said to him behold there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor and Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment and he went and the two men with him and they came to the woman by night and he said I pray thee divine me by the familiar spirit and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. The, what I want you to note is what he says, divine unto me by the familiar spirit and bring up the person I'm going to name to you. So this woman is, is in this business where she operates something. They call it familiar spirit in their time. And Saul says, God is not speaking to me by dream, by Urim, and he's not speaking to me by the prophets. In other words, he goes to the prophet and says, prophet, what is God saying? And they say, nothing. He goes to sleep, oh God, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. He gets up, no dream. He goes to the priest. The priests are the ones who use the Urim and the Thummim. We talked about it last week. And he said, priest, now try to find out what God is saying. They, they use the Urim and Thummim and nothing is coming out. Prophets are not speaking. Urim is not speaking. Dream is not speaking. So he says, somebody must speak. I must hear something. So he says, okay, get to me somebody with a familiar spirit. And they say, well, we know, we know a woman. We know the right person. She's an endo. Okay. Let's go. Sees the woman and says to the woman, listen, I want you to use that thing you've been using. And I'm going to give you a name. And when I give you the name, use your thing to bring the person up. So, now if you read the rest of the passage, the woman says, hey, 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 hey. You know what has happened in this country? King Saul is chasing us. There's a new law that says that we can't operate. And, and the guy says, uh, Saul says, well, he doesn't tell the man, woman he saw. He says, oh, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, you are safe with me. And I swear to you, you are safe. So he does what is that. Now, I want us to just 
look at Saul's situation. The first thing you'll notice about Saul is that he's not in fellowship with God. That's the main problem. God is not speaking to him. God has turned his back on him because Saul, all his life, has been disobeying God until he needs direction, then he goes to God. It's like the Christian who sins and sins and sins and sins and sins. Then when he's in trouble, he says, God, show me the way. So that's what Saul is doing. He's not in fellowship with God, but still wants God's direction. And not only is he not in fellowship with God, he's lost access to the man of God. Saul made one of the most common mistakes leaders make. He outsourced his relationship with God to a man of God. Because most leaders like outsourcing. They outsource accounting job to somebody, legal job to somebody, and God wants to the man of God. Saul knew Samuel, but if you even study how Saul met Samuel, when they went to Ramah, when Saul is looking for his father's donkey, he's not the one who says, let's go and seek God. His servant is the one who says, listen, there's a prophet here, let's go and talk to him. And then Saul, so Saul is not the one seeking. Saul says, well, yeah, but we don't have money. And the servant says, well, I have the offering. So this guy has outsourced his spiritual life. People do his spiritual work for him. They pray for him. They intercede for him. And all he does is probably try to live his own life by his way. Now Samuel is dead, so he's lost access to God. And the third thing that is happening is that he's facing a crucial battle, a very difficult battle. The Philistines are are arrayed against him in Mount Gilboa. And uh, he sees the battle, the Bible says his heart is trembling. So at this time, Saul decided, I'll go for any help. I'll go for any help. Anyone who can help me, I'll go for it. See, the problem for many people is that when they get to this point where they are facing a crucial battle and they can't seem to really find what God is saying, they go for any help. Somebody will say, you may not say there's a witch in Endor because these days the witches of Endor have God reverend to their name. But the manifestation and everything they do is either familiar spirit or wizardry or being a medium, but he's in the church and singing a Christian chorus. So he's seeking for any help. So he goes to this person and, 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 and the woman does her stuff. Whatever she does, she does her stuff. And when the woman sees the outcome of what she's doing, she shouts and says, yay! What is happening? You've deceived me. Turns to Saul, you've deceived me. This is Samuel. Because you know Samuel is the true prophet of God. You're looking for Samuel, so you are Saul. The only one who will be seeking for Samuel in this place will be Saul. So he says, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Your sins are forgiven. So he says, okay, how does he look like? He describes him. He says, so ask him how this thing is going to be. So Saul starts talking uh, and says, well, so 
the Philistines are arrayed against me. I'm going to this battle. How is it going to be? And the thing, supposedly Samuel, says, well, you know, bad news for you, Saul. You've been disobedient all your life, and you're going to this battle, and today you'll be with me. When a ghost says you'll be with me, it's not a really encouraging word. Say, today you'll be with me. You and your sons, you all be with me. Saul falls on his face and cries and cries. Say, well, game finish, you know, you'll die. Now, everything he says is accurate. Everything he says is accurate. So what's happening here? Is it God? Well, the Bible tells us it's a witch. And she uses a familiar spirit to bring up Samuel. And the familiar spirit gives us information. And it seems accurate. If you were there, you say, this is accurate prophecy. The man said it, hey, as if he was sleeping with me in my room last night. Is it of God? And is this Samuel who came up? Now, if you read verse 13 and 14, it says, The king said to her, Do not be afraid. What did you see? The woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. And he said to her, What is his form? That's a very important question. What is his form? He says, An old man is coming up and he's covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. He stooped on his face to the ground and bowed to him. Now, how do we know that this is not really Samuel who has been brought back from the grave? Well, the passage says first the man deals, the woman deals with a familiar spirit. And he asks, what is the form? In other words, what form has this spirit taken? He says, it's an old man. With a mantle. Now, if it is Samuel that is come up, where did the mantle come from? Because the mantle is physical clothes. So if Samuel has come from the spirit, did he go to the shop to buy clothes to wear? No. Do clothes have spirits? No. So it's not Samuel. Because if it's Samuel, he'll have no clothes on. So something else has taken on a form to look like Samuel. It's called a familiar spirit. A familiar spirit is a mimicking spirit. It's an imitating, that's why it's called familiar. A familiar spirit can take on a person's look and appear. You know, sometimes people say, I saw my grandmother. It's a familiar spirit. Because where your grandmother is, you can't see her. If she's dead, it's gone. You can see her. But it's a familiar spirit. The familiar spirit mimics the voice of Samuel. Why does the spirit do that? Because that spirit is a demon entity that has lived around Samuel, observes Samuel, sees how he talks, how he thinks, can even project how Samuel would judge a situation. And if you really know Samuel well, that prophecy you gave, you could also have given it. Because you know what Samuel would say under this circumstance. He would say that this is how things are going to be. The familiar spirit mimics exactly as Samuel will speak it. Now, if you look at the information, it's accurate. If you look at the source, it's demonic. That's the danger. 
You remember in Acts chapter 16 where Paul is going to, going in, is in Philippi, and a girl follows them. The Bible says that she operates by a similar thing, a familiar spirit, a medium. And she, she will say to the town, these are the men that bring us, uh, the, the men of, uh, of the most high God, and bring us a way of salvation. What they said, she said, is true. It's accurate. And so as a matter of fact, most of us would have turned around and said, this is a confirmation of what we are doing here. And she followed Paul for many days. Paul and Silas. Until one day, Paul gets up and says, get out of her. And the spirit left her. Is the information accurate? Yes. Is the source of God? No. Is the information Saul God accurate? Yes. Is the source from God? No. So what does that tell you? You can speak to somebody with a familiar spirit who will give you accurate information, but the source is not of God. That's why Jesus didn't say that judge prophecy by the accuracy but he says, judge by their fruits. The man is sleeping with all the girls in the church, has children with everybody, but he still says he's anointed and giving prophecy. If you judge only by accuracy, you would miss it. Because the Pharaoh's magicians, they also did accurate miracle. The snakes they produced were not crooked snakes, they didn't have two heads or three heads, they were nice snakes but they were not of God. If you're seeking God, you say, Lord, lead me, you have to be careful where you are seeking the direction. The problem with Saul was that he never cultivated a relationship with God. And listen to me, especially those of you who are big shots in this church, businessmen and chief executives, you cannot outsource your spiritual life to somebody else. You have to learn to hear God by yourself. You have to know this is what God is saying. And when I do the pie three, finally I will get to that. Now, what's the difference between Saul and David? I'll run through that very quickly. David went through similar situations, but I want you to watch how David responds to situations. First Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 and 2. It says, Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. First Samuel chapter 30. We looked at it last week. Verse 7 and 8. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the effort here to me. And Abiathar brought the effort to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? He answered, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and without fear recover all. 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. It happened after this. This is after the death of Saul. That David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, Go up. And David said, Where shall I go up? He said to Hebron. Now, in all of this, David is not asking a priest. He's not asking a prophet. He's doing it himself. 
He's not outsourced his spiritual guidance to somebody else. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17 to 19. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will doubtlessly deliver the Philistines into your hand. The same crisis Saul is in, he goes for witches. The same crisis, many times David is in, he talks to God. David did not care whether Samuel is dead, because Samuel is dead at this time. Whether Samuel is alive or dead, David knows how to hear from God. You cannot outsource your spiritual direction to a man of God. If you do that, you will get into the situation of Saul. So, David's leadership secret that I'm through. One, he knew God for himself. He had a personal relationship with God. This was his leadership secret. He knew God for himself. Second, he knew how to hear from God. David knew how to hear from God. Third, he did not allow his pressures, his troubles to pressure him to act. David never panicked. No matter the crisis he's in, the first thing he wants to know is, what is God saying? And he doesn't go to ask a pastor, I'm in trouble, what is God saying? No, he inquires of the Lord himself. He says, one thing I have desired that I will inquire of the Lord in his temple. That was his desire. That's, that David's heart is, I need to know God for myself. I need to hear from God. I need to hear God's voice. It's good to talk to your pastor. I'm a pastor. I mean, if you have a problem, you can talk to your pastor, and I will counsel and all of that. But you need to develop sensitivity to God by yourself when you are in trouble somebody says there's a prophet here in Endor <laughs> and there is a hey when you go here hey they, this as for this you go it's sharp sharp quick 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 you go there oh, table, he's just teaching 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 uh, what do you know? this one I want quick 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 What I'm teaching you, I'm not putting fish into your hand. I'm teaching you how to fish yourself. I'm teaching you how to go to God yourself, how to hear his voice, how to know this is God speaking to me. So when you are in a battle and I'm not there in your bedroom, you would know how to consult God. Because there will be times that you, nobody will be there to help you. But you need to be like David. David says, Abiathar is there, but I need to talk to God myself. Samuel is dead, but I can still hear from God. The path of every Christian leader is to teach the people how to connect to God. Not how to connect to the man of God, but how to connect to God. 
My assignment is to teach you how to depend on God and not on me, how to connect to God and not connect to me. Everybody wants people to connect to you. I mean, it makes you feel indispensable. You know, my members, they can't do anything except they talk to me. But I want to hear my members saying, oh, I'm able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, my baptizer. Jesus is my King. I hear from him. I know his voice. If you are a father and your children at 40 years can't make up their minds, Daddy, should I brush my teeth with the Pepsodent or with the Colgate? I remember when we were children, you used to give us Colgate. But these days, I'm thinking of Pepsodent. What, what do you think, Daddy? If you had a child like that, you feel like smacking his cheeks. What? What kind of child is this? Make your own toothpaste decision. Make your own trouser decision. There may be some things at a certain point that you come to me and say, listen, I've prayed about this and this is what I think, but what do you think? So that I can add a little bit to what you have. But it doesn't become a routine where every decision, should I start a business on Tuesday or Monday or Wednesday? Start! David followed God faithfully. And I pray that as a child of God, as a leader, wherever you are, you would know how to follow God alone and that there'll be no foreign God with you. Under your pillow, under your bed, in somewhere, there's no secret something, someplace in a mountain somewhere that you consult once a year. That you know how to hear from God yourself. Amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mansah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.